one thing I, I do want to uh, talk about, we kind of talked about a little bit before the show, was um, things that, good things that venues do, bad things that venues do, because that's kind of where we were headed with the conversation before we went off the radio. Uh, what is What are some good things or mistakes that venues make or versus good things that venues do that really and really make you want to go back? Sure. Uh, in our experience, uh, the, the same stuff that I, we talked about live on the air as far as just being respectful, uh, being on time mm. is, is a huge one. Um, the, the places that stick out in our minds that we remember are the ones that they, they really made us feel like we were guests there. They really, not that they treated us like we were rock stars because we're not obviously, but it was, there was a definite, uh, we, we value what you're doing. We're glad you're here and, and they want to serve you. They want to what do you need? Do you need a, a bottle of water? Do you, what, mm. whatever you want, you know. Well, and they were prepared. They had the electric box ready for us. They had the place ready. They had mm. someone waiting there at the door to take us where we were supposed to go. And they just, yeah, things like that, just really that they, they took the time to have all that prepared makes just automatically makes you feel valued. There's uh, in the, uh, some of the secular community, some things that are common that uh, they'll pay your tab. Or you'll get a free meal, right? Uh, stuff, right. Stuff like that. Uh, that's very, very much enticing. Uh, to, at least for me, it's the meal part that entices uh-huh. me. If I'm gonna get a free meal, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna write that place down on paper. Make sure I go there again, or reach out to them again. Um, what are some of the mistakes that some some people make outside of just like not being most professional? You're not doing those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise not doing those things. <laughs> yeah. Not doing those things. Um, I think, I think it's that, I think hiring us when we're not really what they're looking for is, mm. is a big one. Um, you know, we, when we were playing those bar scenes is more than once was play free bird. We are never, <laughs> ever going to play free bird. It's, it's not who we are. We're just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, and that sometimes, People get upset because they have a different expectation than of us than than what we. I mean, obviously, you saw our website, you saw our music, we presented ourselves accurately. So, it, things like that can be a problem. Um, not paying us. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my, yeah. We we uh, a lot of the work we do is is with corporations, and They're especially. <laughs> They're the worst. And when corporations get, get sold and bought out and, and everything changes hands and there's a lot of confusion, well, you did it under the old corporation. So there's, there's a lot of work like that sometimes that we have to, to do on the it's back crazy. end. Yeah, things like that. You know, we try not to make it a lot of work for the person to hire us. Right. And we appreciate when they do the same back. So that, that's a big one. Um, do you ever have, uh, since that's happened to you, do you have, have you guys like come up with contracts that they have to sign or hundred percent every time yeah, uh, it reminds every me of time. a, a she's like, Oh, I have one right that's, here. That's all of June's contracts <laughs> right there. Already contract. ready to roll. We walk oh. into the place with it. Oh, that's so funny. Well, we had a, we had some situations, especially in the last year and a half. Oh yeah. We have certain, um, we just have certain beliefs about the whole thing that's going on right now right. with COVID and. And the venues sometimes have different expectations mm-hmm. on that. And we would very make it very clear and plain, these, this is what we're willing to do. And sometimes they either didn't read the paperwork or they just signed off. Just assumed that we didn't really mean it mm-hmm. well. And we've, we've actually had to walk away from venues like at the door 
and we're we're not going to stray from what we believe. We have medical and religious reasons that this is what we are willing to do, and nothing more. And they wouldn't bend, and, and we're not going to bend. So, so we tried. To, we started to make it very clear in the contract, like like even highlight sections in yellow, like you have to initial here, because we just don't want that. Those yeah, those, I saw that. I saw the highlight. Yeah. Those bad, those are bad surprises to have happen. Those oh are, yeah, those, and you don't want any surprises when you're dealing with, as you know, surprises are always bad when you're dealing with venues and things like that. So yes, yeah, contracting has become very important, unless it's someone we really know and we know where they stand and, and everything's good. But other than that, yeah, yeah, it was even a part of our conversation that we had uh-huh. was uh, was was making sure that that you're okay with these things and. Granted, I I just wanted to have you on. I don't really care what to, which way I, <laughs> I have you. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, it. Kind of your uh, not being paid kind of reminded me of a story of uh, Aretha Franklin. You know who Aretha mm-hmm. Franklin is? Mm-hmm. Uh, she 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 granted she grew up in a, in a completely different time than we live in now. But um, she would always request that uh, she got paid up front because being black, yeah. a lot of people would just have her perform and kick her out the door. Right. Um, so she always made it up front in cash before she even performed. That was one there of, uh, one of her, uh, putting her foot downs, uh, one of her contracts. So it, it's, it's, uh, granted I've never had that happen to me, but one, because I'm not black, but I've never, uh, in regards to the, uh, not being paid at all. Right. Uh, so that's something interesting that, uh, do you recommend that musicians always have a contract that they should start having? It really, it's, it's really uh, not every venue wants to do that. And I don't think every venue needs to do that, but it is very nice because everybody knows we had this conversation on the phone. This is what we said. And this is what the venue heard. This is what I heard. Mm. And those don't always match. Mm. So I make it a point of, I will do the contract according to everything we talked about, but then I'll put it in the email that I send to them too. And say, this is everything we talked about. This is what I have here. If any of this is wrong, let me know. Mm-hmm. And it, it does. It takes away all those surprises. And, and we haven't had a lot of trouble. We had to go through several revisions on the contract oh, sure. before people really got all the information. And we, you know, it's formatted a certain way and highlighted a certain way. And since we've done that, we haven't, we've, it's, uh, people will stop at the beginning and pay attention. It's, oh, no, we can't do that. Because, or, or, yeah, that's fine. But we have to have that conversation now. We can't just assume anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's one of the dangers that some of the musicians musicianship musicians that I work with is that they always assume, and it's like uh-huh. you can never assume anything. No, there there's no assumptions to be made within the music industry because it's so uh, cutthroat, because it's so unexpectable, because it is the way it is. You have to go in. There's you can go into some sort of go with the flowy kind of stuff, but there you have to have uh, communication is in, important and it's necessary. Yes. Uh, if you if you don't know where you're going, if you don't know what you if if the if the people at the restaurant don't know where you're going or the venue don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. uh, that's gonna be a problem. So you have to make those things clear and like with said for uh, for things that you are willing to do and will, willing are not willing to do right uh they have to be up front and especially with being a christian you have to uh stick to your principles it's it's more than just going into a, a show and saying well you didn't do what you said you were going to do 
we're doing this for God. Mm -hmm. We're doing this for the king of the universe. You can't play with that. Right. You, this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to play these songs. I'm not going to do this. I, I'm going to totally do all this right here. This is what I'm going to do. And if you're firm like that, generally people will, even if they don't like you for it, they'll respect you for it. And at least they won't expect in the future that you're going to get outside of the box because right. they know better. Because they mm. know even if it costs that guy money, it costs that group money, and they still stuck by what they said they were going to do or not do. There's a lot of respect, and I, I believe a that's a huge witness. That. That's a huge witness for the Lord, too. It's common today where people will sacrifice their principles for uh, social mm-hmm. acceptance. It's easy to do. It's so we easy do to it. do. And and we all do it in small ways, yeah. Yes, we do. Um, so you had talked about previously, uh, uh, like pre-show, uh, what, what it was like to get into the business side of music. Mm-hmm. Um, has that been a challenge for you? What are you doing to, <laughs> uh, and he's laughing because I, I already know the answer to this, but um, what, what's it like learning that aspect of, uh, you know, producing your own music, releasing it to an audience uh, that's not just CD? That's, right, right. <laughs> Well, we've been very blessed. We've worked over the years with some awesome producers. Um, Bobby Gentillo, Right Coast Studios over in Columbia, Pennsylvania. Um, and we've worked with uh, Stephen Courtney over in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. He's pretty famous. He had the kids show here for a long time uh, in central Pennsylvania. And, and uh, very, very talented. Write these names down later. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but they, they were, both of those guys especially, were very good about Hey, help me understand what you're doing here and, and mm. why this. And, and I have, you know, we, we have a little bit of that. We know what we want it to sound like. So we're kind of producers ourselves. Gotcha. So it was, it was learning how to convey what we're thinking and, and what we're, what we're hearing and what we want and, and to have that, that back and forth with them saying, well, that's great. But this part here, I think is going to conflict. Maybe have you thought of this? And there's all that teamwork that goes along with that. So it, they sort of trained us then to be working at our home studio to sell produce because we sort of went under their wings for a lot. And they were real patient with us, especially me. <laughs> Patience <laughs> is something valuable to have in the music industry because not a lot of people have it. Right. Um, and uh, That's definitely one of the things I, I would say that makes a venue or a, a musician a step up from the rest mm-hmm. is having patience because – Oh my goodness! Are you going to need patience? <laughs> yes. And doing this podcast alone, it's like, okay, it's been five days. I got I just had to because really, I, I expect I, I'm always someone who responds immediately to stuff uh, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, and within the music industry, it's not how it works. Uh, I've been talking to some of like some people who are touring, some some someone, uh, uh, an award winner that's an Australian. She's she's in the outback right now, and I'm like. Okay, I'm gonna have to wait a while for that one. Right, right, right. <laughs> gonna have to wait just a little bit. Not only is she is she in Australia, but she's in the middle of nowhere, Australia. So I'm gonna have to wait a little bit for an, an email response from them. Uh, patience is not my strong suit at all. And so that's something that God has definitely been has used this opportunity to teach me is to be patient, um, and it's worked wonders. Um, so doing the business thing, uh, courses, uh, classes, is that, yeah. has that been, has that been your moniker? 
Uh, it has not been up until recently because one of the things you need to be in the music industry is cheap. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and, and I've, I've learned one of the things I've struggled with is, okay, you're not spending this money. You are investing, investing. this money. You're, you're expecting it to do something. Mm -hmm. And when, when you look at it that way, it, it really does help to, to not be quite so cheap and to be willing to, so yeah, and I just, two months ago for the first time, I, I invested a good chunk of change in a, uh, in a, in a, a course that's called, um, release music like a pro and a Sherilyn Keller, little shout out to her. She's awesome. She's a coach and, and has, has done all sorts, different sides of the music industry, every side of it really. Mm -hmm. And she's broken this down into the, the easy to follow nuts and bolts kind of steps, which is what I need. And so far it has been, we're a month in and I'm, I'm loving and I'm learning so much. It's about these things. It's okay. How do you release a song that it actually gets noticed? Mm. You know, our, our thing has typically been even self-produce it, make it, put all your heart, your time and your effort and energy into it. And then, okay, we put it out now. You want to buy a CD or you want you want to stream it from our website? No. Oh, okay. I guess I'll make another song. So, where's our audience at? <laughs> right. And, and that's, it's all about all of that stuff that we were just at the point where we've, we've, we took this whole thing as far as we could take it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important because a lot of people today just expect that someone's going to do it for them. They're not. No, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta take it. And sometimes that happens. Yeah. But the best work you can do for your own business is to do it yourself. And even if somebody does come along like that, that wants to, to do stuff for you, they generally only want to do stuff for people that are already doing They're it already for themselves. Doing it, yeah. Because they want to get on board something that's mm -hmm. already moving and they want to, they want to push it. It's the, the best way you can find people to help you is to do it mm -hmm. and start. Cause then you're going to find people who are going to invest in you and want to be a part of the vision, the mission that you're, Sorry. that you're building. And that's the, that is the probably one of the best ways of networking, if I'm being quite honest, is by doing your work and having people see what you're doing. Because otherwise, what have you got to show people? Nothing. You got nothing. Yeah. All you have is hearsay at, at, at most points. Um, so if you don't record a song, how are you going to show it to somebody to for them to be interested in it? Mm -hmm. If if you're if I can, I can talk about how I want to do this podcast all day and night, but if I don't actually do anything with it, who's going to be on board with it? No one. No one. And that's how it was. Uh, I was. I'm such a visionary person. Uh, I have all these big visions. Uh, from when I, one of the one things that I, I really thought would be really cool to do would be to uh, have like a live performance of. I'm a piano player, and a guy I was partnering with originally uh, did drums. So one thing I really would had wanted to do would would be perform some of their original music with them to like just see what would happen and have some fun and jam out on uh, original songs. That takes a whole lot of technology and cable work and stuff that just is beyond me. It's like, well, if I could just at least get this started. And then just talking to people, then all the opportunities to to play and to make music will will eventually come. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's part of building community is just you know jamming out with people and having a bunch of fun, and whether that be worshiping the Lord or, uh, you know, 
hanging out with people at open mics and it's just mm-hmm. that's 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 the that's the goal of this podcast is to create that community awesome. um, of musicians and I think we're doing a pretty good job. I think you are too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so big plans for you guys. What what's next? Is it is it to be producing your own music, more more music, and um, to really uh, focus on the music side, or is it is it in the business side, or is it to reach out, have outreach to these different communities that really need the gospel? What what's what's big? Big pictures. Do you have any? I I think it's yes. <laughs> I, I <laughs> once again, Corey said everything that needed to be said. Said so no, <laughs> no. That that really is there. There is that balance because uh, we do, we do care very much about where people spend eternity. Mm. We care very much about that, and we we care very much about honoring the Lord that has saved us because we were like stray animals and, and he took us in and and has been so kind to us when we didn't deserve it and we want we want everybody else to, to that hears our music to have that also so there is that side of it for sure at the same time we're, we're a lot older than 22 so we're, mm. we're looking for passive income we're looking for things that right now if we make money it's because we went out and, and worked for it, it and did it we are starting to think okay it's time to you, you play 350 events, 400 events in a year, you get tired. So we're really looking forward to, uh, as, as this course progresses that we talked about, um, learning how to, to put things online and, and do streaming and, and possibly uh, putting, getting our songs in commercials and on TV shows and stuff. Oh, yeah. How cool would that be? Submitting them into WJTL for a regular radio, radio See? play. See, that, exactly. That, all that sort of stuff where it would generate income to us. We, we do the work at the beginning and then God can use it any way he wants. That's, that's totally his deal and, and it's none of my business really. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy what, what God will, will, will use past things of yours and, and mm-hmm. just uh, it's like the talents. The parable, yes. Uh, where you place this? Um, are you gonna hide it away, or are you gonna invest it in in different areas and then have a big return on it later? Um, and uh, that's and one one of the bigger plans is and, and on the radio on the podcast side of things is that because I'm reaching out now to all these different people, I'm gonna have a bigger plans for me is to have festivals, uh, nice. and to one of one of my biggest dream uh dream jobs dream things i want to do <laughs> is uh to put on a festival a week-long festival and have uh, this is very i'm very i'm a very ambitious person um so i realize what this sounds like uh but i want to have a festival that lasts a week and every single day it's a different genre of either new music or local local music Mm-hmm. Uh, so one day it'll be Christian artists. One day it'll be country. One day it'll be orchestral music with like a, an orchestra mm-hmm. coming in and sight reading for the first time or a, a chorus and stuff. Just to, just to create a big music festival where everyone is brought together. It creates a, a local economy, um, mm-hmm. which is always great for Lancaster. Um, and that's something I, I want, I've been wanting to, uh, that's, one of the goals of the podcast is to build that rep, not, not repertoire, but uh, like uh, c- 
cast list almost. Okay. Of people to bring in and um, just has like a big, big old jam and people get to meet new people. People get to interact with new people, more opportunities. It, that's the goal is to create more opportunities for musicians and venues um, because Lancaster is the place, in my opinion, it's one of the most unique places uh, for a music industry that there is. I don't know what, what your thoughts on that might be. I don't have a lot of experience outside of, of central Pennsylvania to be able to say with any authority on that. Mm. I, I know York and Lancaster are very different from each other. Yeah. Harrisburg's different from both of them. So I, I do get what you're saying. There, there's a, there's a, a definitely a community here. And I would say, in, from what I know, it's it's stronger than, than in the other counties. So yeah. I would have to say I agree with you that much. Yeah, it's um, it, be, having traveled to Chicago and St. Louis and Nashville even, um, the the music scenes are very much different. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, in, in Nashville, it, the music economy is booming. It's Nashville, Tennessee. Um, but uh, in regards to the cultural, like the the community community side of supporting music, Lancaster is like nothing. You know, certain stage, right? Mm-hmm. They run off pay what you will. And they've been going for 10, 11 years. Nice. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't happen anywhere else. It it just does, off of pay of what you will yeah. to be successful and growing that much. That's that's insane. Um, there is a real heart for, and all past musicians I've, I've talked to were like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I lived in New Orleans for a few years, and I, only, I could only make money by touring around New Orleans. I couldn't make money by staying in, in, mm-hmm. in the city. I had to go out a few states away to start making money. Only in Lancaster have I been able to, or had they been able to sit down and be like, yeah, I can make a living by playing venue, to, like a venue here in, on this side of Lancaster, maybe go 15 minutes, 20 minutes to Columbia, right. to Wrightsville and play somewhere over there, go to, you know, and able to make a living by just staying at one place. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is how has the music scene uh, really changed for you guys over the years, whether it be uh, on a societal, social, social level, okay, or a technology level, because God knows technology has changed vastly uh, <laughs> since the '80s, at least. Oh my. Um. Well, that's that's a a big question. Um, it I guess it has changed in the sense of our perception. Mm. We honestly, we grew up in York County where for the most part, you know, if, if you want to play out in public and you tell people you play out in public, they will ask you what bars you play at. Mm. That's because that's the perception. And here too, in Lancaster County, to a degree, that's also true. Very much so. Um, but as, as we've, it just never occurred to us that there would be places other than that. And I told you our God story when we were on the air live about, you know, our friend, hooking us up with the retirement community was totally by accident. Mm-hmm. Right, a, a quote-unquote yeah. accident. But what has sprung out of that has been really interesting because now someone comes up and says, hey, do you guys play patriotic music? Well, now we're playing events for... Um, yeah, you said like, the Army. Yeah, that was a cool thing. That was through a... Um, well, that's a whole other side of it. That's It's sort of a local, but not really. There's a, It's an online website called Gig Salad. Gig Salad. Gigsalad.com. And you go on there, and uh, and basically it's like a dating site. It's set up just like that. 
So you like you swipe right on venues you want to work at, and... sort of, sort of. But yeah, basically, you type in there. I'm, I have this event, this date, and I'm looking for this in this area, and it'll give you all of the people, all the performers that are available that fit your genre, what you're looking for. So we signed up for that, and, and we pay a subscription for that, and, and it generally pays for itself, but has given us opportunities to do some cool gigs, like the the U.S. Army one. That that was awesome. Yeah, that's a... We did a lot of Veterans Day. A lot of Veterans Days. A lot lot of of patriotic Memorial Day parades and and patriotic things. You know, Fourth of July, we'd ended up doing a lot of those, and we actually, through that same service, we got connected with a military family. Uh, On our website, we have that video where... uh, Yeah, that's right. It's all that, yeah. Singing telegrams. Singing telegrams. It's awesome. Just all these things, because we made this one leap, and suddenly people started asking us about these other things, and that sort of told us which direction to go in next. So, you know, we're he- we were here, we jumped to here on faith, but then it's like, oh, well, that there's an open door there. There's, you know, okay, well, here's like Mother's Day events. Well, wow, well, here's military, you know, here here's patriotic. Here's, oh, here's a church service over here. Here's Here's Christmas. Here's here's it, someone who wants to send a love song to her lover. Exactly, and, and yeah, they want us to go ambush them in in, in the department store where yeah. they work. You know, just these really cool things mm-hmm. have have come out. We got to play it at an Orvis store. We drove the whole way to Charlottesville, Virginia. So I mean, we've gotten to do some. Heck, we've even gone to like like coastal areas. You said down cruise in lines. We worked at, on the cruise lines for a while. Yeah, so. We just got to do a lot of cool stuff, and it all came from, like, basically two points, and then it all radiated out from there. Yeah, that's why it's wild how, um, because you saying that, like, duh, of course that's that's an industry that's out there. Um, mm. for in, in regards to the like the ambushing thing, I was like, oh, barber barbershop quartets do that a lot of time. Okay, uh, like, um, well, that, that's like that's that's one of the things that uh barbershop quartets uh usually get into is uh what just telegram music telegrams mm-hmm. singing, well, telegram, tele- yeah. singing telegrams that's that's uh i'm a really big fan of barbershop quartet uh but that's one of the things that they typically do is 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 to you know because that's that's a, a large swath of barbershop uh content is love music um so it's it's really interesting how uh you guys as just the, you know guitar and voices are just able to do so many more things mm-hmm. than just working at at bars or these places that really don't hold your values right um and you can support these people that not only hold your values but you're creating in, invaluable memories for for these uh for these veterans for for mm-hmm. these lovers for for these different people that are people that need a, a christ centered band yeah to to really and there's not a lot of those there's not a lot of those around uh, not, not at least locally right right there's like you know you have your u2s and your uh your hill songs and and all that jazz but on a local level to have a, a christ-centered uh team that's not a worship team that does church mm-hmm. every single day um but does private events and goes around and really spreads the gospel through smaller ways is really incredible yeah yeah, and it's there's a there's a um, everything you just said is true. I, I'm thinking of um, National Day of Prayer events. Mm-hmm. We just did that a few weeks ago in Mount Joy at their breakfast that they had. We led the the music for that, and 
it's, it kind of makes you, I, I, I walked out of there feeling like this must be what it was like for in, in ancient Israel for the, for the musicians and the priests to, to do David. their thing for David to, it's not just, we're not just playing music and making people feel good. Although there is definitely a place for that. We're fighting. We are, mm. we are equipping the soldiers that are out doing everything God's telling them to do, paying the price. They're working hard and they're coming into this place and some of them are bleeding. Some of them are really just, they're worn out, they're wet tired. Down. Yeah, they're frustrated. They, they, and then here come these songs and here comes this room for the Holy Spirit of God to come and refill them again. And that's, that's, that's how we fight. Yeah. And it is so, it was so cool to be able to do things like that, that I know we know has a, a spiritual value that God is looking at that and says, yes, that's valuable. That pleases me, which in turn pleases us. Yeah, it's, it's giving me chills just thinking about, um, uh, there was a youth event that I went to, it was called recharge. And I was like, that's, that's a bunch of baloney. Cause I know it's going to be concerts nonstop. <laughs> and if anything, concerts wear, wear people out. But uh, it's always been the case that uh, when it comes to worship, if it's done right, oh, my goodness, can you go from, like, tired, I don't want to do anything, to I'm ready to jump around this whole entire stadium, just, just like, like that. that, just yeah. like that. And uh, it, it, it's really interesting how song has such an impact on the human uh, nature or the human mind, um, and it's – Really, really incredible. One th- one ministry that I used to be a part of is, uh, you know, the Lancaster has like pianos down around town, right? Right, right. Yeah, the Keys for the City project. And uh, one thing that I used to do is I, I would just go down there and play play around. And one of the, one one of the pastors by came up to me and he started talking. And I I'm an introvert, so I was like, uh, okay, this is kind of awkward. I don't know what to really do here. But um, I I just kept playing around i was listening to him i was also just noodling around because i didn't know what else to do right <laughs> i was a little awkward but he was he he was uh telling me his whole life story and then at the end of it he was like you know what i really needed that and i was just playing music underneath his story and he started crying and and all this like stuff that he was just feeling so many things and he he was like you uh and more people started to do that, and it was really like almost a religious experience for them. Because sure. as, as some, I started to play along with with the piano to their story. I would, you know, a sad thing comes on here, I'd play like a minor chord, like a sad sounding thing. If something's upbeat, I pick up the tempo, it, and it was just a, a cool little experiment for me, just to mess around. And but for for them, it was like it was, it really made made their day. Yes. So it, it's surprising to me how much worship or just music in general can really taint and you know we've all been through through life when when you're through puberty you go through those you know the emo songs or or you you have your go-to songs that make you happy or right. if you listen to sad songs maybe you put on desperado by the eagles and you just <laughs> rock side to side and um you know it, it's that's what I do when I'm sad. I'm, yes, but yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of slowly go to sleep with tears in my eyes, <laughs> as I'm being lullabied by the Eagles. Um, it's it's incredible what music can do for you. Yeah, uh, and so much more so if it's about God. Absolutely, he'll use it. So with all of that, I have one of these. I have one of my questions to ask you. All right. What do you consider worship? Hmm. 
in a musical sense or just in general? In, as however you want to respond to it. Okay. Well, um, should be a way of life. That's what I was going to say, but I'd have been a lot more verbose about it. <laughs> <laughs> I usually am. Yeah, it absolutely should be a way of life. It, it's, we, you know, we'll erroneously call the music at the beginning of the service worship. And it is, mm-hmm. but it's only part one of worship. Yeah, 5, 5% of what worship yeah. actually is. Um, you know, submit yourself to the Lord. Uh, surrender yourself to him. Mind, body, and strength. Yeah, that's that's the essence of what it really is. It's it's about surrendering to him um, and being meek in the sense of, not meek and mild, but in the sense of I have all this strength he has given me and it is 100% at his direction and under his control. Every step I take, every choice I make, even the, one, the, the thoughts I allow in my mind, mm. that's all part of my reasonable spiritual act of worship, as the scripture says, because it's all his. And really, just offering that back to him. That's a good answer. Is well, that a good answer? That's All a right. very good answer. Well, because uh, one, one of the conversations we have here at Lancaster Bible College, uh, as in the music worship performing arts department, they recently changed their names, I had to think about it, um, is uh, worship isn't only what you're doing on the stage, it's what you're doing all the time. And uh, it's as... Yes, we're worship leaders, but we have to be theologians as well. Oh. And because there's a, because how are you going to write biblically sound music without knowing the Bible or knowing God, being a theologian? You can make countless songs about God if you didn't know anything about them, but it's going to be, but they're not going to be correct. They're going to be heretical. Um, Well, that's the responsibility, too. It's a responsibility, yes. It's very easy. You know, I, I, anytime we do anything in public, one of the, I have specific things that I ask the Lord for every time. And one of them is set a guard on my mouth because it's so easy to hurt someone or, or say something that they, they accept as true, even though it's really not. And you can affect their lives for years mm-hmm. or longer. So the fact that we've been talking for two and a half hours is, in a sense, dangerous. Oh, for sure. Because there might be something that somebody is listening to right now. Look, if anything we said on the radio or said to you now doesn't line up with Scripture, don't listen to us. Right. Don't listen to Corey. Don't listen to us because we're wrong and he's right. And we're just as fallible as you. 100%. And, and all fall short of the glory of God is Romans right there. Um, so don't definitely don't take any of and don't like even your favorite preachers. Oh. They, they can be wrong. There's, there's so, there's a, there's been a tribe recently of, of, uh, those preachers, right? Billy, I'm a Billy Grammer and, or I'm a John Furtick, uh, right. <laughs> or, uh, you know, all the preacher's names are escaping me right now. <laughs> um, the one in California, what's his name? The popular one. Oh, uh, yeah, uh me too. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah? Do, uh, do, uh, no, um. Well, I, I don't know. One yeah. says, I'm from Paul. I'm of Apollos. Another, that's, that's right. been going yeah, on for exactly. 2,000 yeah. years. Yeah, so it, it's, it, it's pointless. It, yeah. you got to be from Christ. Get, that's what our songs speak to me is about. Get in yeah. your Bible. Get in it. Read it. Get a translation that's easy for you to understand. Get in it. Get to church every Sunday someplace where they're in it mm-hmm. and really talking about what's in there. And give God that chance to tell you what's true. Don't, don't listen to don't. 
don't rely on mm-hmm. on pastors because there are wolves in sheep's clothing that will direct you to all sorts of incorrect and bad. I mean, think about all the cults that have popped up over the years. And somehow it always benefits them and not it you. Always benefits. Yes, yeah, that's <laughs> yes, that's how it works. Um, one of the, one of the things I had to be careful about uh, was what what language and like how the perception because a Christian to somebody can mean oh they're a really nice person but a Christian to someone else whenever I say oh I'm a Christian they think oh you hate me right and that's it, it's it's entirely it's not it's not because that's uh, it's because of their past experiences you got to think about that mm-hmm. uh, when I say I'm a Christian. I of course I mean I follow God I follow you know love your neighbor as yourself I'm I'm not gonna disrespect you just because of whatever I'm you know I love you to, I love you as my neighbor um, to them they might think oh you're you're just gonna hate me and you're gonna tell you're gonna tell me I'm going to he double hockey sticks because of all these different things that I do, whether or not, however big or small they are. Right. Um, like the suit and like the suit and tie kind of Christians that think they're bigger than everyone else. Some, some, there's some Christians that do that. They think, Oh, it's a uh, rules for thee, but not for me kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so there's, it's, it's a constant battle, uh, for whether you're a Christian or not, just trying to describe, talk to somebody and have them understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. So what is one thing that you know now that you would wish you had known when you started? And this can be relational, this can be God, this can be music. Hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I love every time every time you're lost for words, you look at your wife and say, say something, say something. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't know how much fun and how much work it was really going to be. Yeah, a lot of both. Yeah, a lot of both work and and fun and and. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I want to say. Just find what's true. Mm. Um, I, I lived a lot of years believing a lot of lies, and I, I guess that would be the main thing is, and not even realizing it, not not realizing how how important that was to get rid of those lies. Just ask God to get the lies out of your life now. That's as quick as you can. As, and he'll give you as much as you can stand at a time. But yeah, I, I would go back and I, I would just tell myself the truth about a lot of things that I used to lie to myself about. So A branch off of that is, I, I don't know the answer, but uh, what is one thing that you always assumed to be true in the Bible that you found out later wasn't? In Scripture? Yeah. One thing that was like uh, that people would always say, oh, this is what Jesus says. But you found out actually that's not what it says at all. God helps them that helps themselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that irritates me now. <laughs> the other one is money is the root of all evil. Yeah. No. no, it's the love. <laughs> the of love money. of money is the root of all evil. Yes, it's the love of. Yeah. So if you want to irritate me, just. Yeah. Take even, a scripture verse out of context. Even that Pink Floyd song, Money, they talk, they say that in there. And it's like, you know what? I like the song, but every time I just want to. <laughs> wrong, wrong. That's wrong. Um, yeah, uh, one of the things for me was uh, I can do everything. Uh, I can do everything because of Christ. Uh, that, that one verse. The, uh, Philippians 4.13. Philippians, yep, that's the one. Um, I can do everything through Christ in me. It's like, that's 
no, you're wrong. Take it out of context. Take it out of context and you can do anything. And I'm Superman. I can go jump off the building and fly away. Exactly. No. Nope. I can do anything God calls me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy for those distinctions to get lost. Oh, absolutely. Especially especially when uh, we live in a culture that is so self-absorbed with each other. And, and once self-help and all that kind of kind of stuff. Um, What's our time? We did just like one or two. Yeah, minutes. I, got, I was actually going to ask you one one last question. Oh, okay, that's perfect. So, yeah. what is one of the best or worst things that happened on the show? Like silly, funny moments, or during a show? <laughs> yeah. Did you're, you think you're of laughing? One? You have one. Yeah. <laughs> no. I can't think of anything that happened with us. Uh, like back in our, when we were playing bars, there was a lot of things. It's like, I hope that never happens again. Oh yeah. Uh, but recently. Oh yeah. Playing in bars. <laughs> People came up. Back in the bar scene, one of the oh, main my. reasons we got out was a guy named Fast Fred. He was, uh, he was a colorful character. He was very <laughs> drunk mm. and she was playing keyboard at the time. And he literally came up and stood this far from me. Like six inches from her face, asking her to dance, breathing beer all over. It was, yeah. So I don't really miss the bar scene very much because we had some some wild things happen there. Um, More recently than that, probably one of the the funniest things is once in a while we'll play at a, uh, like a a memory unit, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia (laughs) sort of a thing. And and the, the ladies there find me very interesting. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. They have no filter. No filter at all. So the things they say are are really funny. Oh my. <laughs> They're very uh, honest. I could only imagine. <laughs> so, and they'll ask if I'm married to her and then get very disappointed when I say I am. And, <laughs> yeah, they don't like me a whole lot. And once in a while the guys will proposition you. And <laughs> so those are always funny. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you guys find humor in that. Is, oh, you have to. You have to at some point. Yeah. yeah. The other thing that happened, we at a, a few years ago. In fact, one of the songs, um, is it in Jesus' name or the other one at, at the National Day of Prayer? Probably three or four years ago. Uh, one of the songs that we played, we actually wrote it like like two weeks before that. Mm. And that it was, was for the sake. It was it was for the sake of your great name is the name of the song, and it, it's on our website too, sweetlifemusic.com. <laughs> it's it's based on Daniel chapter nine, where Daniel's prayer for for his nation, and that the year that was the theme for the National Day of Prayer. So we wrote this all this awesome song. We played it. Everybody was moved, and the lady came up afterward and asked, "Was that Michael W. Smith?" And we said, "No, that was one of ours." And she disagreed with us vehemently. She oh, said, no. "No, that's a Michael W. Smith song." Sure. <laughs> <laughs> she said, but I can't find it under with, under his name on. Oh, on, on I wonder Facebook. why. Gee, I said, well, because it's not a Michael W. Smith song. Yes, she said, I, I, yeah, I know it is. Which is like irritating and flattering all at once. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I kept saying no. <laughs> so that yeah, that was pretty. That was like sort of awful and cool all at the same time that she thought we were of that caliber. So, well, yeah. hey, this has been a wonderful time. It really Thank has. You. Yeah, so you can find them at uh, sweetlifemusic.com. Um, and you can find all of their events there. Uh, you can find their, you can contact them through that website. Um, if you if you have a great time and you want to 
follow me more and this podcast you can click like and subscribe on facebook follow uh next up i'm gonna have my good friend and roommate hunter wood he is the director of victory church in uh Ephrata. he's the worship director there i'm gonna have him on uh this friday at 10 a.m so if you want to hear more stuff about christian life and how it how it works in the church because it's a completely different ball game than gigging around uh be sure to tune in at that time. With that said, we're going to sign off. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye. Thank Bye. you. Thank-